Well, it's June, the beginning of summer, lots of vacations and a chance to be outdoors more often. But also with June comes Gay Pride Month in the United States. So what should Christians be thinking about this? How would the Bible guide our thoughts? Well, let's think through this on this Wisdom 828, where we're dedicated to stamping out spiritual malnutrition one episode at a time. Hi, I'm Bob Buchanan. Who are you? Who are so wise? A brief history on how Gay Pride Month came into being might be helpful. In June of 1970 in New York City, we commemorated the very first uh, anniversary of the Stonewall Riots that happened June 28th the previous year. You may not have heard about that incident, but it involved gay men at a New York dive bar called the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village. At the time, laws in New York City said that a man or a woman must dress according to their biological gender. The New York City police had gone into other gay bars and arrested patrons for cross-dressing or transgender identification. Only on that particular early morning raid, the patrons there fought back. According to the History Channel, as police dragged patrons and employees out of the bar, several fought back and a growing crowd of angry locals gathered in the streets. The confrontations quickly escalated and sparked into six days of protests and violent clashes with the NYPD outside the Stonewall Inn on Christopher Street and throughout the surrounding neighborhood of Greenwich Village. The riots ended on July 2nd, 1969, and it gave birth to the gay rights movement that at the time went from being a fringe issue, largely ignored by politicians and the media, to front page news worldwide. One year later, during the anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, activists in New York City marched through the streets of Manhattan in commemoration of that uprising. In time, that celebration came to uh, simply be known as the Gay Pride Parade. According to activist Craig Schoonmaker, he said, quote, I authored the word pride for gay pride. My first thought was gay power. I didn't like that and so proposed gay pride. There's very little chance for people in the world to have power. People did not have power then. Even now, we only have some. But anyone who can pride them, uh, have pride in themselves, uh, that would make them happier as people and produce the movement likely to produce change." Unquote. Now the parade each June grew from a Pride Day into a recognized month. The federal government first recognized the month of June in 1999 when President Bill Clinton declared June Gay and Lesbian Pride Month. In 2009, President Barack Obama declared June LGBTQ Pride Month. And on June 1st, uh, 2021, President Joe Biden declared June LGBTQIA plus Pride Month. Uh, but the advance of the movement's recognition has, has gone on to more things. October, for example, has been recognized as LBGTQIA uh, History Month, created in 1994 by Rodney Wilson, a high school history teacher in Missouri. In 1995, a resolution passed by the General Assembly of the National Education Association included LGBT History Month within a list of commemorative months. October was selected because it coincided with the National Coming Out Day, which is October 11th. And so that school curricula and local communities could focus on the achievements of the LGBTQ plus community. 
We can see by the advance of Pride Month the growing acceptance in America of this movement. But since preparing for this episode for Wisdom 828, a twist in the narrative has come. Uh, when Bud Light promoted its beer label using Dylan Mulvaney, uh, a male who dresses uh, like and thinks he is a female, and the target promotion, uh, promo promoting its L LGBTQIA clothing lines uh, targeted at children, and other national brands have done the same, there's been pushback that has made the national headlines. And those corporations have become poorer in their stock trades in just a matter of weeks. Now, whether or not you plan to join a national or personal boycott of those brands isn't as important as thinking Christianly about Pride Month. And there are challenges. I recently read an article by Jonathan Lehman, the editor, uh, editorial director for Nine Marks Ministries. His article gave good advice, and so I want to pass it along to you. Lehman uses five passages to guide our thoughts and to sanctify our attitudes. First, Mark 12, 29 to 31 says, And Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now the importance of these commands is that they are like the rails on which trains move down a, uh, a track. To love, uh, to, to love the Lord our God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Love is always the guiding motivation for what we do or say. Knowing the right way to think about things can guide our actions. And two passages from Ephesians and Romans help us here. From Ephesians 5.11 it says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And Romans 1.32 says, Though they knew God's righteous decrees, uh, those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. Now, these are the Christian standards of behavior and also for our words. We should not participate in things that oppose God, nor can be seen by others as giving approval. Our words and actions can reveal the truth of God's moral reality and at the same time shed light on what he disapproves. Now the next passage is from 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexual, uh, homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Lehman points out something that we in the church should remember. He writes this, quote, Sometimes our moral compasses get a little wobbly. For all of us who are wobblers, Paul's clarity in passages like 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 9 to 10 puts welcome steel in our spines. What is at stake is not simply our past, that is how we were made, natural law, etc., but our future. And verse 11 is equally important. Such were some of you. At least in my church, he says, there are many who have struggled in the past with same-sex attraction and or gender dysphoria, and many who do it today. What a challenging month for them. When the world celebrates as virtue something they avoid, sometimes painfully, 
as sin. Now our role in the lives of those is to help them to know and experience the grace that Christ has for them and to encourage them to, uh, to press into the Lord by faith in following him. Now the next passage is Romans 14, 13. Here's what Paul wrote. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Now finally, we don't want to be like the Pharisee in Luke 18 who prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Lehman reminds us that our claim of righteousness before God should never be grounded in the sins of others that are committed by them that we don't, but only in the righteousness of Christ. When discussions about Pride Month come up in your family or your church family, avoid differences of opinion that cause conflict and arguments rather than helping one another navigate the culture that is enamored right now with the LGBTQIA agenda. Don't do two things. Don't compromise with the truth and don't let arguments destroy the unity of the spirit that we have been given. Choosing the best pathway to navigate Pride Month will require lots of wisdom and thoughtful conversation. What we need, Christ has in abundance, so ask for it. Now, a last word about the flag. On, the on a previous episode of Wisdom 828, many months ago, I went into the history of the creation of the flag, the gay pride flag. And in that episode, I pointed out that Christians shouldn't get too upset about the flag as co-opting God's covenant sign of the Noahic covenant in Genesis 9. Even though the colors may look the same, they're not the same rainbows. God's rainbow has seven colors and is in the form of a bow. The pride flag has six colors. The numbers mean something. Biblical numbers are often used as symbols to mean something significant. Seven is the number of completion or perfection. God rested on the seventh day of creation because he completed his work to his great satisfaction. However, the number six is the opposite meaning of seven. Six is sometimes called the number of man who was created on the sixth day. And it also stands for incompletion and weakness. And let me remind you that the pride flag is all straight lines, not a genuine bow. So to my way of thinking, the pride movement may have tried to co-opt God's rainbow. I don't know, but if they did, they missed it. And that's what happens because pride goes before the fall. Well, that's all for now. Thanks for joining me and thanks to Steve Dyan behind the camera as we work together to make Wisdom 8 to 8 fulfill its mission of stamping out spiritual malnutrition one episode at a time. You'll be a good cheer.